You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I am joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. So the past year and a half has been such a challenge. I think we could all agree. A few months ago, it looked like we were going to put the pandemic in our rearview mirrors, but now it looks like it's here to stay. I think so. So I think in that sense, it's probably good for us to start talking about how it's really been, how that's impacted our finances, and maybe Mm -hmm. some ways that we can look to the future. So I'm curious... How did your life change when everything shut down? First off, I think, you know, at that time I was teaching and we were in talks of me possibly joining Mentoro Mm -hmm. full time, although I was doing some side work for you all. And then, bam, that March came and everything kind of shut down. So at that time I was teaching and I actually do uh, side presentations for um, the teacher retirement system here in Georgia. And I had a couple presentations lined up. And so here's, you know, from a loss of income, I think I had three lined up for the spring, got a median email, all of them have been canceled. So for me, I was fortunate. It was kind of like a side gig, but at the same time had income loss. And we've, my wife, Tracy has a side canvas painting business. A lot of her classes were canceled in the spring. So it was one of those things that I definitely showed. I was fortunate that we did have those side jobs and we didn't really have to depend on them to pay our bills. But at the same time, you know, we did lose out on some income. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a tough period. I mean, you think about going from living everyday life to then all of a sudden being on lockdown. We didn't really know what was going on with the disease at that point, how contagious it was. I remember at one point feeling fearful that if I even walked outside my house, that I was going to get sick. We just had no clue. So you amplify those emotions by the fact that people are experiencing loss of income. People are getting laid off and furloughed. It was really, really crucial impacts to a lot of people. And I know here at Mentoro, um, I don't mind sharing with you guys from a business perspective, we had a lot to consider because this impacted the way that we were able to work with our clients and sure, partners. Sure, deliver our model. I mean, exactly. in person is, is key. It's a huge piece. We do believe in human interaction and before COVID, we really relied heavily on that in-person sure. human interaction. Mm-hmm. And this put a, a screeching halt to that game plan. Now we know just how beneficial virtual human interaction can be. But at the time, it definitely changed. And so that changed the way that our business was functioning. And we had to make the proactive choice to dock salaries by 10%. And let me tell you, that was a really tough decision. And I know anybody else out there that's a business owner or sitting in a seat where they're making those decisions, you never want to make a decision like that because you see how much it impacts the great people that work for you. In fact, it delayed you coming on board and working with us, Danny. And so fortunately, we were able to resituate expenses because the change in our model and we were Mm -hmm. able to retroactively pay everyone back, which is always a good feeling. But not every company and organization has been that fortunate to bounce back with all of this. No. And I think that's why we do what we do here at Mentoro. That sums it up. We cannot predict the next catastrophe that's going to happen. And I think if anything, COVID has shown us 
why it is so important to have control over our finances. That most of us go back 19 months ago, have most of us heard of Wuhan, China? No. So you think a bat from Wuhan, China shut down the world's economy. So we had no control over that. So to me, I think it just kind of goes back. One of the big, long-lasting lessons I feel from COVID is just control what you can. And, you know, we're going to get into various topics of things that we can control with our money. And that's why I think it's really important to do so, because we really don't know what's going to happen next. Hopefully COVID does subside at some point. But who knows what's right around the corner? And for a lot of us, we have no control of what that's going to be. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And uh, for someone with my personality type, it just makes me want to continuously prepare. And it's really hard to prepare for unprecedented times, right? Do you have a bunch of MREs? And are you like one of those doomsday preppers? (laughs) Do you have the basement full Uh, of of stuff? No, I'm not that extreme. Uh, I don't have the the diligence for that, nor... um, I don't know, the skill set to be able to do that. (laughs) But it does tend to make me want a penny pinch or or really focus on my emergency fund. And as a business owner, really prepare and be more conscious about those Mm -hmm. business decisions that we're making with our budget and the way that we're growing our business, because this has been kind of that huge awakening to make sure your house is in order. I think it's kind of just this big wake up call for a lot of us. And, you know, I'll allude back way, way many years ago when I had a lot more energy, I was a lot younger. I taught a class of three-year-olds at a preschool. And it was funny, this one kid, Scotty, some kids, you never forget their name, right? Would always climb up the slide the wrong way, right? Never went up the stairs, always the wrong way. Climb up the slide, climb up the ladder, never did. Well, one day he went up the slide, fell down the wrong way, bumped his head on the side. You know what? He never climbed up the slide incorrectly again. So I think some of us sometimes with our financial pictures, that's what we need. We need that bump in the head. We need that rough patch. And then we tell ourselves, you know what? I am never going to allow myself to be in this situation again. And, you know, I hope you weren't affected too bad by COVID, but if so, I want you to also take it as a learning lesson of, hey, I'm going to put myself in a financial situation to not allow some world event to completely devastate my financial house. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's that age-old lesson of learning the hard way. So how can (laughs) we work smarter instead of harder? Sure. And technology has definitely played a part in that. We've been able to streamline so much and communicate so much differently in the last year and a half because we learned, hey, we can still do these things. We just have to go about it a different direction. I think we can apply those same principles to our finances and say, okay, do we really need these things? Do we really value those things? Mm -hmm. Imagine in our lowest throughout COVID when we're all stuck in our house, scared, some of us are sick, some of us have lost our jobs. It's truly a worst case scenario. What's really important to us at that moment? How can we really refocus on the values that we shared at that moment and then apply that to everyday life as things start to resume? Right. Going forward. And I think that's the thing is just like you mentioned, remember those times a little bit. I mean, we all want to get out of this and we want to get back to a normal or new normal, whatever that may be. But I also think it's good to just kind of remember some of these things. I think a lot of people like in the millennial generation, sometimes with homeownership, a lot of them went through that 07, 08, 09 housing crisis. They saw their parents and how 
how bad it was for them that their parents overextended themselves on a mortgage, had a house they really couldn't afford. So then going forward, a lot of millennials now hesitant about buying a home because of that. But I'm okay. You know, they learned the lesson and that held with them to make them make better financial decisions as they go forward. And, you know, my hope is I always try to look at a silver lining. And my hope is that once we kind of come out of this, that people kind of remember these lessons from this time and going forward are stronger financially and and just, you know, in general, stronger too, to more resilient of realizing, hey, we're capable of doing a lot of things that we never thought we were able to. Yeah, I'm with you there. I hope that for individuals and organizations so that we can all get the economy back up and running the way that we all want it to be. My fear, however, is that we're all going to go just absolutely bananas because we haven't been able to for so long. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see people spending more like crazy and you're going to see companies blowing it out and, and, you know, revamping their offices to make it more conducive for people to come back. I really, really hope that this resurgence of the Delta variant has caused people to pause maybe in sure. some of those actions and again use them as lessons say okay we really can't predict what it's going to look right. like things so, may not get back to the way they were before I hope they do we really can't predict the future and even if they do once again the next catastrophe could be just around the corner so use this time to strengthen our finances I think we've shown here that cash flow is really the solid foundation to all personal finance. But it's not the only thing, is it? Oh, definitely not. I mean, if you don't have savings, you can really be exposed to shocks like the pandemic. So when we get back, how to save and how much to save. So I'm sure everyone has heard the need to have a rainy day fund. Danny, do you have a story that comes to mind? I got a lot, uh, (laughs) plenty. Um, One that really comes into mind in particular, it was a few years ago, I had left teaching to join the investment world. That job just wasn't the right for, for me. So I joined another organization where I was actually doing financial wellness and it was with churches. And it just, the role changed to where I wasn't just speaking. It was more of a sales role. So I'm not, I can sell hope, but just selling products. that So it wasn't the best fit for me. And then I kind of saw the writing on the wall, but I was kind of looking. But as a former teacher, this was like beginning of September. And to try to find a teaching job, beginning of September is not the best time. Uh, most positions are filled. So I actually got laid off. And I remember driving home and it was like a 73-mile commute. So pretty, pretty long drive on the interstate. And at this point, so Tracy, I've mentioned before, she stayed at home for eight years. She went back full time for a couple of years. And then it was so much that she, we decided it was best for our family for her to go back to part time. So just that September, she had started working part time again. I lost my job. So of course, you know, I'm going home, I'm tears in my eyes. I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do? But, you know, I get home and I talk to Tracy and, of course, she walked me off the ledge and it's like, look, we have a rainy day fund. We have savings in place for things like this. I never anticipated losing a job, 
but I did. So I think, you know, for me, there's plenty of other events too, I can get to in a little bit, but of why having savings is important. But that was the one that really stuck out to me because, you know, I think, oh, I got to take care of my family. And I was by having that savings in place. So just job loss happens. A lot of us don't anticipate it, but it does and it can. So for me, that, that was a big, big moment of, okay, this is why I'm so blessed to have this money in, in my savings account. How about you? Do you have... Oh, absolutely. I have countless stories. I I can say that both Justin and I have been fortunate enough that we've never experienced a layoff to where there's been that shock from a lack of income. Mm -hmm. But we definitely have experienced our fair share of things popping up that impacts the outgo, right? right? So actually earlier this year, and this may sound silly to some, but my cat, got really right. sick yep. um, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, had a seizure. And thankfully enough, I woke up and we have an emergency vet hospital that's right down the road. And my husband works in animal health care. And so we had some connections and were able to get him in. He actually was in the ICU at a vet hospital, which prior to Justin being in animal health care, I right. didn't even know existed. But he was actually in the ICU <laughs> for seven days. Wow. So again, I realize this this is a cat and may seem silly, but for me, sure. he's a valuable member of well, my family. Right, right. No, it's all <laughs> and, um, sure. It felt really good in that moment knowing that I didn't have to sweat it or worry about making a huge decision as to whether or not I needed to put my cat down and end his life, because that's often the cheaper alternative. Right. Or see him through healthcare to where now he's a prospering, happy little kitty. Right. So to me, it wasn't so much of, you know, oh, my cat's sick and that's that. It was, I don't want to be responsible for making a decision to end his life right now because I can't afford to. Mm-hmm. So that's an area where we were thankful that we had an emergency fund to where it took the ease of that decision well, off options. our plate. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gave us options to be able to make that decision and to not have to make it a more stressful situation than it already is. Right. I think other things that are similar to that would be air conditioner breaking down, which yep. that also happened earlier this that. year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all those big ticket items that just kind of happen, you know, you kind of go through life crossing your fingers, hoping. Two weeks but, ago. Six, 17-year-old daughter gets in the little fender, ran over a curb, cars in the shop getting repaired, so insurance, but you know what? We have a deductible on go. it that we have to pay. So life happens. You know, and we've been talking about it personally, you know, how it affects us, our personal lives. But how about as being the president, how about from a business point of view? Oh. When does savings, you know, you've seen it obviously firsthand, how does savings play into that as a business owner? There are so many different ways that that helps. First and foremost, it definitely helps in conversations that you have with stakeholders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can see that being important. But just on the everyday, there are so many different expenses and situations that you can end up accruing a lot more in expenses than you realize or having to cover a lot more uh-huh. than you initially thought. One example, and this is relatively minor, but for anybody who's experienced it before, you'll go, mm, okay, yeah, that does add up. And that's different accounting fees, fees associated with sending people money, uh-huh. getting you know new accounts set up, things like that, that kind of creep up on you that you don't okay. realize that's there. So for an example, here recently, we had sent 
quite a few payments out. It was the beginning of the month, sent quite a few payments out. Our bank detected fraud and placed a stop payment on all of our outgoing payments because it happened over the weekend. Well, that's a really good thing. I'm glad that that happened. And thankfully, there wasn't fraud. However, what did happen is by the time those payments made it to all of our vendors, it showed up as insufficient Uh. funds. So then you're caught with fees to reissue and things like that. That's normal everyday business. Things like that happen all the time. It doesn't have anything to do with how much money you have in the account or or how you're functioning your accounting department. It has everything to do with sometimes stuff just happens. And so you have to have that extra money set aside and that wiggle room to cover those Mm one-off fees. It's also, we have a lot of people that travel for work. What happens when your flights cancel and you have to get a new one and it costs right. more money or or you have to change flights? Just all different types of Well, even of I'll things. say like for me, for hiring, you know, me and I know we're expanding as a team, you know, hopefully by hiring me, I look back if all the money was spent on prior things and then all of a sudden COVID hits and it shuts everything down. As a business owner, you don't have the resources or the tools to expand a little bit because oftentimes, I mean, to sell, a lot of times you need salespeople, right? I mean, oh, it kind of makes absolutely. sense. But if you don't Talent have Talent acquisition money, is a huge right, piece of right. the budget that it's always good to have a little nest egg set aside. Sure. And that's everything from finding the right candidates. I think on average, it's between four and $5,000 mm-hmm. to hire a new employee. And that's wow. just the search and all of the resources and the time allocated to finding that person. That's not onboarding them, getting them new equipment, getting them office furniture, whatever it is that you need to do to bring that employee on. So yeah, you look at these businesses throughout COVID, they're not only unable to expand their teams, but they're also struggling to keep the team members that they have there. And then imagine what that does to the amount of labor and productivity and all of those numbers that you have to keep up in order to have the revenue that you sure, need. So you sure. may even need that buffer just from a revenue perspective. Right. I mean, I know in my presentations, I've talked from a personal point why to have money. One of the reasons is opportunities, but I think also from a business point of view as well, to have that money set aside for opportunities, whether it's for hiring people, taking on something else, that you just have the option to be able to grow. All right. So we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of the financial lessons we've learned from the pandemic. Okay, let's focus on some good news, why don't we? Yes, please. (laughs) Like most difficult things we go through, we often come out much stronger. In fact, life is often our best teacher, wouldn't you say? Oh, that it is. So what are some of the rainbows that have happened because of the pandemic? You know, one for me, and I think we've realized this, is we can cut back on spending, Some of us, we were forced to, granted, especially at the beginning stages where we really couldn't go out, although I'm sure Amazon went up, right? I I think a lot of people spent more there, but I think it did show that we do think, okay, I have to spend this amount. No, we don't have to. We can, if we truly want to, we can cut back on what we spend money on. I completely agree. I would say another is self-care. 
self-care is not all about being greedy. Sometimes your mental well-being, what's going to keep you sound and functioning, Mm -hmm. is really the key to the outcome. Because if you're in a good headspace, you're probably not going to be tempted to stay up late shopping on Amazon to fulfill yourself because you're stuck in lockdown or you're worried about the world, whatever it is that may be weighing you down. I think that investing in yourself in whatever way that means to you is really, really important. Obviously, there's a health component uh, with everything going on right now, but Mm -hmm. self-care with your finances is also just as beneficial. Definitely. And obviously you don't want to be narcissistic and buy everything that you want and have it all be about you. But <laughs> sure. I did read something like during the pandemic that like leisure wear, the sales of that skyrocketed. And I think for a lot of us, if it made you feel better working from home, being able to have a pair of joggers on, as opposed to having to dress in the nines every day oh. according to an office, if that's kind of what kept your sanity, that to me is okay. So I think it did show that you know some self-care it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I look like a straight up mullet when I work from home. It's party on the bottom right. and business on the top, sure. right? Sure. But it keeps you going. I think another thing too that we can tap into this in any time when things are bad is that things are not always as bad. And I guess on the flip side, sometimes or as good as we perceive them to be. I remember, you know, right when the pandemic hit, shut down schools. And, you know, trying to keep up with the news. So watching the morning news shows every morning, oh my, you would have thought the sky was falling. And I know things were horrible. We were all very scared. But, you know, for many of us, it wasn't as bad as the media portrayed them to be. And I think a lot of times we do buy into that hype and if it bleeds, it leads, right? We all know that. So a lot of bad news sells. So I think it was kind of a reminder for me too, that yes, it was a tough time. There's still tough times right now, not downplaying that by any way. And we all know the media can exaggerate a little bit and make things seem a lot worse than they really are. Fair. I know I was in that mindset a decent bit, especially early on in the pandemic, because it was just so terrifying. Yes, and yes. where do you turn and what do you believe and right. how does this impact Couldn't your life? could watch sports or anything. So really, news was the only thing on. And then mm-hmm. we didn't really feel better after watching it, I'll tell you. <laughs> Unfortunately, another positive I would say is side gigs. And there's really never a better time to do this. Right. Now, I'm not encouraging you to pick up something during the work hours while you're working from no. home because no one's watching you. That's not above board. No. But now that people are spending time at home a little bit more and making better use of their time, I should say, yeah. you're now seeing that you have the availability if you really focus on it to do something in addition to what you have now. Sure. You and I are a great example. We had no clue what it was like to do a podcast, run a podcast, host a podcast, but we had something valuable to share. So we did a little research, figured it out, and here we are. So mm-hmm. and maybe you can teach an online class. Who knows? But yeah, developing I, a side gig. <laughs> I love that. You know, and for some, maybe that's something DIY. Maybe you have a really good talent for painting or dating you with writing. There are so many different things that if we really think about it and how we spend our time Mm -hmm. and what we value, it'd be very easy to pick that side gig up. Definitely. You know, another thing too, I think that this showed us, if we go back to February of 2020, that's when the stock market was at an all-time high. And then when the country shut down, I mean, it dropped. But now we're back up again. So I think this shows 
you know, first off, proof that the stock market does rebound. And we've talked about it and we're going to talk about in future episodes, you know, over the course of time, stocks average usually between eight to 10% growth a year. That's not saying it's going to grow that much every year, but on average, that's what it does. And I think COVID has shown us that as well. We went through this, I mean, huge dive. Now they're back up again. So it's really hard to predict the stock market. And I think a lot of us, you know, here at Mentoro, we're, we're definitely not trying to be day traders. But just proof that usually when you invest in stock market and you're in it for the long term, you can be confident that it's going to stick with historical averages, even through a pandemic. This just shows yet again that it does hold to those norms. Oh, yeah. There's a graph that we shared early on when this was happening that just goes to show that the market has weathered pandemics and outbreaks before. And it has everything all the way back from (laughs) when the stock market was really even around and all the different things that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And another point that I'd add to that that I think is interesting for our listeners to keep an eye out on is the way that we continue to recover. You know, a lot of people are talking about a K-shaped recovery. Uh And so for those of you who are not familiar with that, think of the letter K in the way that it's shaped. Mm -hmm. You have the one straight line, and that is kind of the standard where we're all sitting right now. And then you have the two lines, one that points from the center up Mm -hmm. and one that points from the center down. So quite literally, you're looking at how we as the world population, but specifically we'll look at the American economy and we'll say that half the people who maybe were doing well before the pandemic, maybe not, but they've weathered this storm. Mm -hmm. They are going to see those rainbows. They are going to continue to grow and progress upwards. Whereas you may find that others don't weather the storm very well and they don't recover very well. So we're really kind of looking at possibly splitting up the economy. And so it's good to take a look around you and say, Am, am I trending upwards? Sure. Or am I trending downwards? a lot of times downwards? it's more of a V-shape. A lot of recoveries, it seems yes, like, where yes. everyone kind of is going up. Yes, B right. and L are very popular mm-hmm. shapes that recoveries have taken before. So it's really something new to consider how this is going to impact the American economy because you could see this among industries, types of individuals, uh, geographical locations. So I'd encourage all of you to consider which way you're trending and And make a change and make a change if you need to and think about some of these positives that we've been walking through. Finally, for me, I think 2020 did show you are stronger than you think. Right. I mean, we survived a year of, uh, of Joe Exotic, right? And, and the Tiger King <laughs> murder hornets. Um, mm. they, they came around. I mean, I know most of us forget about it, but all kidding aside, some of us had never done anything virtual now we're Zoom experts. Some of us had never done algebra since our sixth grade years, and we sat down and we were able to figure it out and help our kids with their math homework. So I think it just does show that we can handle things. A lot of us, we throw in the towel too easily and we don't give ourselves enough credit. So I think 2020 and even now a little bit of 2021 has shown us that we are definitely stronger than we give ourselves credit for. I think that's such an inspirational message. Danny, thank you so much for chatting today. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening. That's all the time we have for today. So catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentora and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.